Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We're going to have a great year this year. 2022 is going to be amazing. And partially because one of the major highlights that is kicking off this year for Michael and myself is we get to be a part of the Turn It Gold Gala. Gala! 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 Oh my gosh. It's like tomato, tomato. I was like, how do you say this before? I can't say words right. And I'm like, I don't say gala. And then I said gala. You can say gala, gala, pecan, pecan. Tomato, tomato. Anyway, that's besides the point. Turn it, gold, gala, gala. Go ahead and just, this is Angela and this is Michelle, and they are the force behind this incredible, incredible gala. Oh my gosh. I was saying I was going to say a gala. What? Y'all, now I can't even decide what to call it. (laughs) Start it off with some humor because what you guys do is so serious and it is so special. And it is so moving. Um, I've been friends with Angela and Michelle. Actually, we're family friends for a long time. We have deep connections through our Texas friends. My sister, Catherine, and her husband, Willie, are really great friends with both of y'all's brothers. Correct. And I've gotten to become friends with them, too, through my sister. Um, Everyone calls your brother Schoon. Michelle. Right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Johnny is one of Catherine and Willie's greatest friends. And he's, they just had a little baby girl. He and his wife, mm-hmm. Caitlin. Um, 
But this is such an important event that you guys host because Angela, your son, Charlie, was diagnosed with cancer when he was how old? He was four and a half. It was May of 2012. And you two are best friends. Michelle and Angela are best friends. And after that diagnosis happened, y'all went into just intense work mode and created a beautiful experience and a way to raise so much money and awareness out of something that is the most scary heart-wrenching. I can't even imagine like now, sorry, I'm already, I'm already crying. Now that I have a two-year-old daughter, like I can't imagine. I just had a friend who was diagnosed with cancer. Her five-year-old daughter's diagnosed with cancer and it can happen to anyone. No one is, cancer does not discriminate. It can hit anyone at any time, at any age, children. And it's just, I can't imagine how that felt. So I want to talk to you guys about, first off, Turn It Gold Gala, Gala, and how you guys started this. And Angela, I, wanted, I want you to share your story with Charlie because your story with Charlie's diagnosis is one of the most powerful stories I've ever heard. You are so connected to God and your faith and your instincts and your the way you communicate with God. I just want to like, I want you guys, I want you to kind of lay it out how this all started, the diagnosis and then how this turned into the gala. Yeah, no, sounds good. And I, you know, thanks for having us. It really is important to spread this messaging. Um, it's been almost 10 years. It was May of 2012 and Charlie was diagnosed with um, stage four high risk neuroblastoma cancer, which is a very aggressive childhood cancer type um, of the central nervous system. About a month prior, I think what you're talking about is um, an, a very pivotal event that had happened um, in my life that had sort of led up for several months. I had this feeling, this inner feeling, I, I can't tell you that I've always felt God talking to me or heard his voice very clearly and audibly, but in this way, it was very much like, I have a big job for you to do. So and you heard was, this from God, like you heard. Yeah, I mean, that's what I felt is an undercurrent of what I was feeling. And I couldn't quite explain it. Um, ironically, and I always say no accidents. <laughs> the only one person I told this to what happened to be Michelle. And Michelle and I at the time, you know, we had children in the same age group. We were just really beginning our friendship and getting to know each other. It certainly wasn't, we just didn't know each other as well, but I felt very moved. Um, she had been part of a retreat and a ministry. And so I just said to her, you know, I have this, this is on my heart. I don't know how to exactly make sense of it, but I think that I feel this undercurrent, you know, coming. And when and, you said, when you felt that you said, God put this undercurrent, I have a big job for you. Did it feel like a good job or did it feel like a <laughs> bad so, job? Funny. Yeah, we, we didn't know. And I think we tried to reason that out. Like, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, what's going on in your job world? You know, are you getting a new job? Is there a new opportunity? You know, we, of course, tried to figure it out in our human mind as to what this could possibly be yeah. coming down the road. I think you're, I mean, I think your earthly self 
can only absorb so much. You know, I think that's sort of the plan for our lives. We're not able to kind of see the fullness. Sometimes Thank it's, goodness. Yeah. Sometimes it's so beautiful and sometimes it's a really painful part of our life that happens. And so it was just enough to know that it was big and there was sort of a preparation happening, but I couldn't really put words around. And yeah, if I had to, if I had to, if somebody had said, what do you think? I would have said, oh, I guess I'm going to maybe change career paths or that's what we had zeroed in on. I mean, zeroed in on it was going to be a job change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Isn't it so, it's so ironic how we, like you said, we as humans, we're like, okay, let me just go ahead and figure this out. Oh, let's go ahead and identify what that is. Yeah. Yeah, Sure. We thought we had it all figured out for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And then about a month before, so kind of mid April, we were both a part of our um, children's school life. They were in elementary school at the time. We went to this little PTA lunch. And again, Charlie was still four and a half. And so he was not yet quite elementary school age. And so a woman approached me who we did not have children that overlapped. And I knew who she was, but we were certainly no more than really acquaintances. And she just kind of came straight up to me and said, um, you have a son, right? And I said, yes, I do sort of, how'd you know? And she said, well, I have to tell you this. I had a dream about your son. And she said, really, it was more of a nightmare. And she she said, but I feel like I have to tell you. And I sort of stood there and thought, well, okay. I mean, mean, how do you take that kind of news? Well, it was, you know how it is when you're just sort of blindsided by something and you think, well, I guess this is something I need to hear if somebody feels so resolute that they need to come and approach me in this way. And, you know, but again, God's protection, he's only going to let you know what he needs you to know in the moment to kind of save you from, you know, yourself and going down these paths that are unnecessary and the worry and the fear and all of it. And um, so she said, actually, the dream includes you too. She said, um, you and your son were out on a boat in the middle of the ocean. And she said, you had all these people watching you from the shore. And she said, your son fell in and was drowning and you went in after him. You were gone for a while, but you saved his life. Yeah, I know. And, and strangely, again, really God's protection. It's really hard to hear when like someone feels like they need to share that. Yes. Yes. What do you do with it? You just wait. Right. Well, and upon reflection, again, I had Charlie was in some swim lessons with another little four-year-old boy. The week prior, we'd been at the pool. This was, you know, at the age where you're still sort of in the pool with them or you're right at the edge with the swim instructor. They're very well protected. What, you know, how kids are, the, little, the other little boy jumps in. He kind of gets in over his head. He goes down. I quickly swoop in, lift him back out, put him on the side of the pool. It was very simple. If no one was there, it would have been very life altering for him, but it it was not, but it was so similar in my mind to what I felt like I was hearing from her that I just said, oh my goodness, that's so crazy. You know, just last last week, this happened to me. I suspect that maybe is how this is connected because I do agree that, you know, sometimes our dreams sort of interweave into our lives and there are, you know, there are sort of those experiential things that that do happen that you can't really put your finger on why or how they happen, but they do. And she just, you know, I sort of dismissed the story, not entirely, but I'd sort of explained it back to her. And she just looked at me and said, yeah, no, this was your son. And that was sort of it. And I thought, well, huh, okay. Mm -hmm. I hadn't quite equated that with 
the big job. I don't think those dots no, were connected. No. Um, it wasn't for a couple additional weeks that Charlie started having some abdom- abdominal pain that was unexplained. Um, but again, very normal four-year-old tummy ache. You know, that can be anything. You certainly don't jump to stage four cancer very often. Um, and we were supposed to have a play date that, yes. that morning. And um, we were all getting together. Moms and kids were getting together. And Angela said, I think Charlie's got a little something wrong. We're going to take him to the doctor this morning. Not really thinking it was a big deal. And then we didn't hear from her. And we didn't hear from her. And we all thought, well, that's strange. And then the next text, we got a text message that said, I can't speak to anybody right now. I can't talk to any of you, but um, something's wrong with Charlie. And they're taking us by ambulance down to the Texas Medical Center. Wow. And we were yeah. all in shock. And, yeah. and of course, the first thing you want to do as a friend is I got to call her. Like, I need to, I need to find out what's going on. And she couldn't, she just said, I can't, you know, I can't talk to anybody. Yeah, Yeah, so what had happened was um, I had called what they did not know. So we, you know, we'd had this play date. Charlie had been feeling not that well, but that evening before we took him in, we actually took him in the middle of the night. um, That evening, I called a friend who was a pediatrician that I'd grown up with. And I just said, what do you think this is? And she said, I'm betting it's an intestinal blockage that is further than, you know, something like a Miralax or one of those over-the-counter things can can resolve. And just know it's going to be a two-step process for you because they're going to want an x-ray. They don't do an x-ray at the pediatrician's office. Um, So just know it might be a long morning for you tomorrow. Well, because she said that to me in that particular night, Charlie's pain got so intense that, and he was, he's a very, you know, easygoing kid. He was a very easygoing baby. He was rarely had, you know, big issues, but this night, you know, you just, you know, when something is particularly off with your kid. And so in the middle of the night, um, Mike and I just decided if we're going to have to go do an x-ray, if we're going to have to go do these other things anyway, let's go to the um, Texas Children's had built a West Campus ER near our house. Um, Let's just go and kind of like get it all done over here. And so that I believe was integral to the quick diagnosis because we got over there, they did an x-ray, couldn't really see anything, but did some blood work that immediately revealed that some things were very out of sorts. And it prompted them to go ahead and do um, an ultrasound and then a CT scan. And, um, you know, you know, it's bad news when the team comes in openly crying to the bedside to say like the the doctors. Yeah. You know, and I think they were so rattled. I mean, I do, I think what they saw was um, heavy and they knew it, you know, and they knew they were telling a family that had walked in in thinking their, their kids had a tummy ache, you know, they were taking them to the oncology floor and that's a big life adjustment. Um, so it took a few days to get the diagnosis, but um, we did and just immediately started treatment. Obviously. So when they give you the diagnosis, is there, what is the survival rate? So for Charlie's cancer type at that point, it was less than 50% for his stage. What um, do you do, Angela, as a mom? Like, I don't know how you survive this. And, and like, I know you go back to your dream and that gave yes. you comfort, but like, I don't know how you keep it together. Cause ha- this is, this is a worst nightmare for a parent. 
It absolutely is. Um, I think that a couple things happen. First of all, we always cite this book. There was an author that spoke um, and my friends had gone to see her and they gave me a book that she had written a Christian author and it's called Just Enough Light for the Step I'm On. And I remember just really kind of taking that like every day, the daily prayer being, you know, Lord, let there be just enough light for today. Let me just get through today. Because if you like anything, you start looking at it six months at a time, it's awfully scary mm-hmm. um, and very unknown. And it was unknown. And, and part of the work that we've ended up doing happened, I mean, was sort of seeded in those very early conversations with doctors when, you know, as a parent, what do you do? You say, well, what's going to work? How are we going to fix this? And they start saying, well, here's our front line. You know, we've got this down path. We're pretty good with this, this group of drugs. And as long as these things work, we should be able to move through this. And so, you know, I would say, well, what if this doesn't work? What, what next? What's plan B? What does that look like? And every time we would say that, the answer would be, if we have enough funding, then X. And I just kept thinking and talked to Michelle very early about how can we be in this medical center in Houston, Texas, that's well-funded, that's, you know, got all of this together. How can we be talking about not having enough money? And boy, then over the course of the next year, I mean, obviously our main focus was Charlie and his overall health and well-being, but um, we just began to see the critical need for funding for childhood cancer research. And, and it didn't even matter that there's so many people um, and so many organizations that are doing great work and it's still not enough. How is it not um, enough? Yeah. Well, and the treatments are, um, and I, I don't know how to say it. And I guess when you're looking at your child and I got to intimately see some of it with Angela, I got to spend time, a lot of time in the hospital with them. Um, and I would tell you they're barbaric. I mean, what these children go through, I can remember um, we were, at, and I don't know, something had happened with his port. His port had pulled out a little bit and they came in and said, we're going to have to push that back in. And I'll never forget, Angela looked at me and she was like, this is going to be bad. And I happened to be there. They brought, I think there was two nurses and two doctors in. They held him down and they were having to push this port back in to which Charlie was screaming, mom, why are you letting them do this to me? Why are you letting them, why are you letting them hurt me? I am like, she is looking at her son's eyes. He's trying to kick and scream. The doctors and nurses are holding him down. I've got my hands on her back. And I knew nothing to do but just to pray over her and just be like, God, help her get through this. Like to have your child, you know, looking at you and screaming, mom, why are you letting them do this to me? And that was just one moment in time. And there was treatments. There was the sores in his mouth, the, the study couldn't swallow. He had, I mean, it was just so yeah. much and the treatments are so horrific. What these kids go through, how much they suffer is horrible. And, and nobody knows, like, and I think you, when you know better, you do better. And I think once we couldn't unsee it, once we saw it, I mean, we couldn't unsee it. We had, it was like, we had no choice, but to figure out how we could make it better. And, and there's the doctors and nurses are trying, I mean, they want it to be better too, but the re- the money's just not there. There's not enough money there's for childhood cancer. And, um, and we watched it, we watched, you know, her son suffer through it and, um, thankfully survive, but, um, many don't. 
That's the thing. Many don't. And I know that you were saying too, like so many amazing divine steps um, connected for Charlie's survival that made you also aware that because of all these divine steps that connected, Charlie did get the quick diagnosis, did get the best treatment, but so many children do not have that opportunity. And that weighed heavily on your hearts. It absolutely did. You know, I, I can safely say that we have attended the funeral of almost all of the children that walked Charlie's same journey during that same couple of years. And there is, there's, there's, um, there's a heavy weight that goes along with that. You know, there is. Is there a, a, is there a guilt yeah, of the survival? You. Oh, wait, sorry. Hold on. Are you there? Yep. Can you hear is me? There, yeah. <clears throat> is there a survival guilt? I think so. And I think it's funny because I think um, based on the child's age and stage. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. So we're back. So we're talking about the guilt. Yes. Well, and I was saying survivor's guilt. I think that I probably carry that for Charlie based on how little he was when he went through his treatment. I would tell you though, that having talked to some adolescents that have um, you know, been diagnosed at a later stage in life, I think there's a turning point where they start to carry it for themselves. Um, and yeah, it's real. I mean, it's it's coupled with fear too, because for so many, the um, opportunity to relapse further down the road, it's like you're so grateful for where you are. And I think that's where that goes back to that just enough light for the step I'm on. Like, just give me enough strength for today because I truly don't know what tomorrow is. And I've got to find joy 
right here in this moment and in this journey that will, you know, that will carry me no matter what happens. So it is, it's a very big And Angela mixture. was good about looking for gratitude every day. Um, I can remember being at the hospital and it was hard. There were days that were so dark and she would say, well, what are we grateful for today? And wow. some days it was the color of jello that Charlie wow. got. <laughs> it was a little thing. It, it was little things. <laughs> and we would have to say, yay. Okay. We got green jello today. What a great day it is. Wow. I, you know, it, it was, there were some really dark, dark days. And, um, and Angela, of course, when we first got up to see her, we, and the night of the diagnosis, a group of moms, um, when she said, um, Charlie, they think Charlie has cancer. And we were in shock. And so we all jumped in the car. We didn't know what we were going to do. We just jumped in the car. We ran and it was late at night and we went and got something to drink and um, brought some snacks, went to the grocery store and got her like a notepad so she could take notes from the doctors and tried to find her like a really cute pen because she likes bling. And (laughs) and we were like, what are we going to do? And we run up to the hospital and there was about five of us and they wouldn't, they, we got to the bottom of the elevator and they said, I'm sorry, it's not visiting hours. And we looked at the man with the elevator and I said, my best friend's son has just been diagnosed with cancer and I'm going to need you to let us go up on that elevator. Did they? And he did. And then we got up off the elevator and there was another gatekeeper lady and she looked at us and she said, who are you here for? And I said, Angela Dina, her son. And she stopped us and she said, y'all go on in. And they let us in and we walked into that room and all just, you know, you, you got to hold it together because, you know, Charlie's sitting there, right? So you don't want to just like everybody cry because um, you got to be strong for him. But what was interesting to me is within days, we were, you know, we had a great community and people were doing so much. And, um, and I said to Angela, what can we do? And yeah, that's a great okay. question. I yeah. feel like so many friends feel that way. Like, what can we do? What can when, we do? Because you feel it, so helpless as a friend. It's not about you as a friend, but like it is all you do. All you're thinking about is your friend and their child. Yep. And we all felt helpless. We didn't know what to do to which Angela says to me, well, I'm really worried about the guy in the next room. And I go, what? I was like, I'm worried about you. What are you talking about the guy in the next room? She said, Michelle, he's from South Texas. He, He has a baby girl that's only a few months old and she has cancer and he has had to leave his job and come up here and I don't know how he's going to keep his job. He and his wife are separated um, because she's got to stay down and take care of the other kids. They have no income. And he's sitting with this baby every day. What are we going to do for him? Oh, and I just wow. Angela. Going, what? <laughs> I wasn't exactly what I was looking for, but okay, we'll figure out what we can do for him too. And, you know, that's, you know, how it went. But, but it, it was, I mean, the people that you meet on the floor, I mean, Angela quickly became fast friends with everyone on the floor and the nurses and the doctors and the patients and the kids. And um, it's a whole world in that hospital that, you know, our world's spinning on the outside, but there's a whole world going on inside those hospitals that um, is really, really hard. And it's, but, it's the, ch- and the thing that's so hard is it's all these children and they don't understand what's happening. That's right. No, and they're being asked to, you know, they're being asked to do things that are hard and painful, and there's not a lot of reasonability about, you know, that doesn't square well with last week's play date on the playground, you know, I mean, for your life to be here, and then, you know, as adults, I think we can reason things better and understand that bad things happen and understand that we're going to sometimes be asked to do things that we don't like or not our favorite thing, knowing that we'll get through it, but they just... I almost though think that innocence ends up being their best protection too, mm-hmm. 
because it's like it um, that and this resilience in children that having been through that journey, you can see that firsthand in a way that is really so powerful. The resilience and the bravery, Mm -hmm. they just, they will just do these amazing things with, you know, the grit and determination to get up and do it again the next day. And you're like, most adults would go, uh uh-uh, uh, I'm out, I'm done with that. Almost because they don't it know hurts better. too much. It hurts too much. Like yeah. they almost like believe they can, like because they don't have a mind telling them they can't, like we do, you know? Right. We right. go through all the what ifs and all that. No, I can't do how am I, how am I gonna do that? And they don't, yeah, they don't do that. To well, your point. We I think we decided very early on, or I don't know, I realized that um the tone that I set, the tone that Charlie's dad set the tone, you know, the tone we set in our home and in that hospital room would set the stage for his fight. And so we were certainly always very realistic about what was going on. But with him, we just told him, we know it's hard and you can do it. You can do it. You're never alone. We're here with you. We are all going to do all of these things together. Um, And we're going to try and have as much fun and as much joy along the way as we can too to try and, you know, keep all this together. How did you um, bring fun and joy into the room? What were things that you could do when it was the hardest day? Well, you know, I, I think about Charlie was very into this, um, the video game Skylanders back then. I really give a lot of thanks to whoever made that game. And, all <laughs> yeah. and it had about 28 characters that you could purchase to go along with every series of game. And so we would just... You know, whenever there was a, we would just allow him to do things that seemed fun to him. I mean, it might be, you know, just getting a great rest. It might be a walk around the hospital. It might be a play date with a friend. We tried very much um, not to live in fear when we were home. We tried to, to the extent we could do it for his immune compromise, we tried to have friends over. We tried to do everything that he felt like he could do. Um, the other thing, and I think this is probably a good segue into talking about the relationship and kind of how we started the organization um, during that fall football season of 2012. Um, Johnny Manziel, who was you know the quarterback at Texas A&M where we'd gone to college, um, he became acquainted with Charlie's story through mutual friends and just very quickly put on this we all wore these Charlie's Angels prayer bands that had Philippians 413 on it. And he put it on and, um, you know, just sort of openly committed to pray for our son. And so, of course, you know, nobody knew what his trajectory would be at that point, but the team continued to win. And that it was fun for Charlie, um, who had an innocence, you know, he thought college football was great. It was fun to watch. Um, he thought it was cool to be able to look and see Charlie I mean, to see Johnny wearing this, you know, Charlie's band for him. Um, And then, of course, that culminated with Johnny going on to win the Heisman Trophy that year. And then speaking about Charlie as his single biggest influence to that Heisman career. How incredible is that? Is that divine? Oh, yes. I believe so. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. the, the, The inspiration that that probably gave Charlie to fight, too. It did. And he used to say, he used to say, look, Johnny's fighting on the field, just like I'm fighting in the hospital. And honestly, Uh-oh. it didn't matter what we said to Charlie, because he he loved his mom's beautiful blonde hair. 
and he used to call it her yellow hair and he would sit in her, she'd sit in the bed with him and he would stroke her yellow hair. And because I had blonde hair, not the thick, beautiful hair, like Angela has, I would be a kind of, um, you're like a second mom. A second mom yeah. sometimes. He didn't love mine as much, but he would take it. If she had to go talk to the doctors, I'd sit in the bed with him and I'd say, honey, I mean, you can have my hair too. He'd say, okay, this is pain. You know, kind of like, okay, I'll deal with it. He was so cute and he would stroke my hair and and he would we would talk about that um how much that Johnny was was fighting for him and and, and th- it didn't matter how many times I said to Charlie, you know, buddy, you got this, you can fight hard. Oh yes, yes. But when Johnny was on the field, it was like it gave him this fight that we couldn't have given him. Even as his mom and and as me, a friend, like we couldn't have given him the same fight. But that athlete being out on that field, wearing that band and pointing Johnny. Powerful. Powerful. He would point his hand up to the sky when he would make a touchdown so Charlie could see his band. Oh, And if you look back at any of the pictures, you'll see it. And you could see his prayer band. And he put his arm up like that and point his finger up. And um, Charlie would say, see, see what he's, he's fighting like I'm fighting. And oh he a will to live like nobody. I don't think like anything else could have given him. Yeah, it yeah. was amazing. Well, and I think then after that, after that Heisman event happened, you know, he committed to bring the, the Heisman trophy to our home, which was lovely and a, and a great friendship you know, has followed that. But what we were also able to see very clearly in terms of connecting the dots to turn it gold in the organization was um, how an athlete really has the power um, and people in the music industry and, you know, entertainment industry and all these things, how you who are on a pedestal in life have the opportunity, the power of your words can really change the direction, not only for, you know, families battling cancer, but also for the funding for research. And um, I don't know, sort of Turn It Gold was probably born in those early moments. We realized that our platform um, over time was was best suited with typically with sort of college level athletes. Um, and, you know, gold is the childhood cancer awareness ribbon color. The month is September. And the very first year that Charlie went through t- through treatment, I had no idea. Again, we go through September of 2012 and we head right into October and we all know in October, we turn everything pink, right? We know it's breast cancer awareness. We know the world turns pink. And so the hospital system where I was spending so much time turned pink and it prompted me then to say, the the children's hospital turned pink, but not gold in September. And and, yeah. And so we kind of said, well, is there a ribbon for childhood cancer? Yes, there is. It's gold. And when is that month? Well, it was actually September. And there was very little done. And I, and I am encouraged because over the course of the last almost 10 years, that has changed. That has changed drastically. That has changed. You know, I think there's a there's a national political platform that's talking more about turning it gold, more about childhood cancer um, awareness and the need for research. But when we got started doing this 10 years ago, you know, we realized that um, the national budget was only dedicating 4% of the budget for cancer dollars to childhood cancer research. Which added a lot of, you know, 12 types, 160 subtypes. I mean, it was 4% for all of the childhood cancers. Wow. Which was, and so when you look yeah. at that and you say, well, wait a minute, how are they? Then what about that? You know, what about that other 90 some odd percent? What... What's that doing? And in some cases, 
it is true that there are some drugs that start as adult drugs that then get tweaked a bit to treat children. The problem is when you start with drugs that are developed for adult bodies and try and sort of tweak that, dumb that down, dose it appropriately, do a lot of guesswork to get to where it should be for children, we really ought to be focusing on drugs that are made for children at the beginning and then dosed appropriately for children. Because one of the arms of the funding that we do is now for long-term survivorship research, because again, there were um, not so many children a generation ago that were surviving these cancer diagnoses. And um, it's wonderful that they are, but it's also at the same toxicities and, um, you know, sort of archaic treatments that they've always been working with. And we can do better than that. I mean, we have to do better for our kids, for their lifetime, for their longevity to be, um, because so many end up with, with long-term, you know, that was, we filmed a documentary called Realistically Ever After, after not Happily Real, Ever. Realistically, Realistically Ever After. Ever After. And the reason it was called that is because, you know, it's like in Charlie's world, they were like, okay, yay, you beat cancer, you rang that bell. Great. Life is great. Well, well, no. I mean, you know, he's got all the scans. He had, you know, he wears hearing aids. He had developmental issues in school. Like, it wasn't like happily ever after. So what we turned it is realistically ever after. We need to realistically tell these cancer patients, yes, you have come to the other side of this, but you have a future of some some health issues that you're going to have to, you know, um, figure out and, and make sure you're on top of. And I mean, let alone these children that go through all these cancers and want to have their own children someday. Right. You have to think about that. You know, all the intensive treatments that yes. go through, what that does to your body. Yeah, yeah. It's Develop, a lot. Yeah. It's, a, it's lot. a lot for developing brains and bodies. And that's where it is very different than cancer in adults. Because once all of that has formed for you, you know, boy, it still really beats up your body. But it doesn't necessarily change your growth potential, your fertility. Um, you know, so many things, organ impairment. Things that, you know, we need these these organs to function for, for a lot more than 50 years. And there's some data. One of the doctors that we work with um, says that, you know, in, in 80 plus percent of childhood cancer survivors, at the time they are 50 years old, will be dealing with some other type of essentially life-threatening organ failure, things like that. Because, you know, you think about it, you put all these toxicities in your body, your body doesn't go the same type of distance as it might have without all of those harsh chemicals and treatments and things that frankly you had to have to survive. I mean, you had to do it, but I believe that we can do it a little better than that too. So turn it gold gala gala. I mean, I'm never going to get this. (laughs) Turn it gold gala gala is it, how did it get so big? Because y'all have raised over a million dollars. You have all sorts of celebrities that have, joined the cause. How did it grow? And I know that God is behind all of this. That would have been my answer, right? Yeah. It's definitely not us. It's definitely not us. And I want to come back to the dream because there we're not finished. We're not finished with the dream where you were on the boat and you jumped in after Charlie and he was drowning and you saved him because that's, there's a big part to that. Um, But I want to, I want to know how did this happen? Because starting a charity, starting an organization, 
getting all of the people involved, gathering the money. Like it is a huge deal. That takes a lot of bandwidth on top of dealing with your child who's going through cancer. You know, it's like, how do you do all that? How do you have the emotional energy to do all that? And then how do you put it all together when you're already at the bottom of your emotional well? Yeah. Well, yeah, I like that. The bottom of your emotional well, it's so true. Um, and well, first of all, we have some amazing ladies that agreed to chair it um, and they've done it. They've continued to come back every time. I mean, a lot of times you see these and you have some chairs and then the next chairs come in the next year and then they keep changing every year. But these ladies have stuck around and they they say they're honored to do it every year. And we're so thankful that they are. Oh, yeah. um, they're amazing. They, they work incredibly hard. But um, we also, you know, I remember sitting around the table and thinking, okay, maybe we should do this. We need to raise a lot of money for research and, and a, you know, Gala will help us do that. Mm-hmm. And we were like, I wonder if anybody will come. And we were like, we don't know. I mean, do you, how many people? And we met with the first girl and she said, well, how many people do you think you want to get there? And we were like, I don't know. I mean, do you think 150? And she looked at us like, we got to do more than that. She's like, how much do you want to raise? And Angela and I were like, I don't know. I mean, maybe $100,000. And she said, we're not doing this to raise $100,000. We're going to make it bigger. Wow. That first year, I I mean, I can remember sitting there going, I hope people buy tables. I hope they come. And we sold out at over 600 people and raised $400,000 the first year. And we were in shock. I mean, we, we don't, we still don't really know. How did you get the word out? How did people find out about it? Well, you know, I mean, again, I think we, we probably springboarded from our just, sweet, amazing community that had just rallied the troops behind our family, rallied around Charlie. I think there was some interest. Again, we kind of hit this sweet spot with college sports. And so at this point, we were doing some awareness games and things kind of first. And I think the gala came sort of born of the thought of, okay, our mission here is to raise dollars for research. And all of these awareness games, though, some of these teams have just raised, you know, tons of money too. There is sort of a finite um, amount that you can do around one sporting event. And so we realized, you know, we need one big Hallmark flagship event every year, or you know, every other year to really channel our donor base um, and, and get the word out. And I think, so it is in January, you mentioned you and Michael are going to be there. We're thrilled about that. Um You know, it's right after the holidays. We always say it's a Mardi Gras theme we do. This year we're doing it with a Texas twist. And so it's fun. We have a very serious program that is, um, you know, that is heavy and we want to convey the meaning of, of the children that we're honoring. And also we want you to come and have a great time. And it ends up being that. And, um, you know, we do. We've had some connections to some celebrities, to some athletes that have just... You know, you just talk for a while and you tell them the story. And we've had the good fortune to not have anybody say, yeah, I'm not interested. You know, I would not be interested. I think it's kind of hard. And it's again, that's not necessarily just about us. That's about the bigger picture. And I think that people see um, when they're able to be in it for a minute and feel it. um, It feels great to do something good. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. 
Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I think everybody wants to plug in. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially with children. And I feel like a lot of times, I know I've struggled with this and I've prayed to God to like bring opportunities to me. And I feel very thankful that they've come like opposite situations like this. But sometimes you're like, where do I get involved? Like I want to get involved, but I don't even know how to get involved. It feels overwhelming. And so to have a charity that is up and running, that is going directly to children that is like pouring into it and you can plug in and donate money or give in whatever way you want. Like it's, it is awesome to be able to plug into a charity that's already up and running. Cause I feel like most people have that in their heart to give. Especially to children. They do. And and we've been very fortunate. We meet with the doctors. We direct every dollar of our organization. Um, We don't really have a lot of overhead. And so um, when we get money in the door, we're able to meet with the doctors. They tell us what they need, what research they're trying to do, specific, um, you know, what they hope to accomplish by that research. And then, you know, we're able to give them dollars towards it. And then they tell us throughout the process, like what has happened. We've had some incredible things come out of our research. Absolutely. Let's talk incredible. about that. Let's talk about the, yeah. the things that have come out of that. Cause that's really inspiring. It is. It, it is amazing. Um, we've had um, one of our doctors has um, through the research that we've been able to fund for her. She has been able to present at the end with the findings that she's had. Oh, wait, sorry, and sorry, sorry, Michelle, you cut out right when you were saying that. She's been able to, she's to present to- um, at the international oncology meeting, the findings through the research that she's done with our dollars. And um, they're moving forward with treatments that have just come directly from the research that, um, that we've done. And yeah, we were able to kind of shift things. So what happens is a lot of times monies that are donated to hospital systems, and this was told to me by doctors in those systems. So a lot of times it gets held up and just sort of put on pause for use. And so the difference is when you direct your dollars towards a specific doctor's research, especially if it's funding 
supplies or um, lab assistance or things that they need to keep that research up and running, it literally has to go to work almost the day you donate it. So there's no holding pattern. We so we sort of vet the research that we do and we have, you know, we have partnered with other organizations to kind of partner to do larger grants. Um, I think it's important to note that the organization has not limited our scope to any one childhood cancer type. So we kind of have a bucket that goes to research in general. And then we have a bucket that goes to long-term survivorship research. And the doctor that we work with there is a man out of San Antonio who is a childhood cancer survivor himself, who in his residency was trying to choose his path um, during his medical school time of what he wanted to specialize in and started having um, some heart issues. And he knew that it was based on some of the toxicities of the treatments he had been given during his own Um, high school cancer journey. And the doctors were so unfamiliar with what he was telling them that they almost dismissed what he was saying and finally took him seriously. And he was able to have an open heart surgery. He's had, I mean, it is something that he has followed. Yeah. In In his his early thirties. Yeah. And at that point he decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to devote my time to children's oncology and specifically long-term survivorship research as pertains to toxicities from chemotherapy on the heart. And so that was something that was incredibly important to us because Charlie, when he was in his stem cell transplant, um, actually went into heart failure. So your body, you know, is basically stripped of, of everything. Your immune system is at an all time, you know, it's, it's just almost non-existent. And so your body can kind of go into an attack mode on itself. And so during that time, Charlie went into heart failure. Um, and they often say they take the kids to death and then try to bring them back. Yeah, kind of and that happens. is really what yeah. a stem cell yeah. transplant can it's, look It's like. horrific. It's a hard... Um, and so, yes, yeah, so on the other side of that, when Charlie did recover, I, I was keenly interested and continue to be about how does his heart function and function well for a long life for him. And so partnering with doctors, you know, that are doing these types of things, um, whether it's, you know, kidneys, liver, lungs, heart, all these major organs... Um, this long-term survivorship research we find is also very critical in, um, you know, moving the needle a little bit further in helping these kids. So I want to talk about the bravery award and I want to talk about the sizzle video that you guys have, where you have all of these pictures of children. Mm-hmm. Are they children who've all received the bravery award? No, not necessarily that have all received the bravery award. They're children that we have come across um, in our journey that have touched us. And so um, in have some they cases, passed? Some of them, many, yes, no. many of them. Yeah. Um, it's what, so awful. And you know what's hard for us is, is we decided that seeing the amount of bravery these kids have, that we were going to create a medal that looked like an Olympic gold medal. Um, And we were going to give these to the children to say, great job. And you know how brave you've been in this battle. And we would not, we wanted every single one to have a child's name engraved on it, which is kind of interesting. You know, it's the last thing you really want your kid's name engraved on is a cancer medal. But at the same time, they, we've had parents tell us like they take that it's, it's a sign of strength for them. And they'll take that bravery medal with them to their treatments. You know, they'll, they can't take it into their scans, but they'll hang it on their pole as they go into their scans. And, 
it just, you know, it was important to us. And so we've flown all over the United States giving those um, bravery medals out. And it means a lot to the families. It's like saying, we see you. We see you. We hear you. We see what you've been through. We can't imagine it. I mean, Angela can, but I can't. I haven't had a child with cancer. Um, And there's something when people say they see you and they hear you, um, there's something to that. And honor honor you. It is something about an award is very it is something about that actual award it feels so good. It's so yeah. good after what you've been through. And unfortunately we have a, a brave life honor and we, in many cases have had to give children bravery medals and then return at a later time to give their family a brave life honor after they've passed away. And those are really hard for us um, because we've interacted with the children and then we have to go back to the families and, um, and, you know, it's hard, but we've gotten very close to a lot of them. And, um, and Angela looked at me one day and just said, I'm tired of going to funerals, you know, of kids, like we've got to keep going. We've got to keep making this better because this is, this is just not okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, you know, we're honored. We, it's, it's our favorite thing is to be able to give those medals out. I hope there's a world one day where we don't have to give any Absolutely. out. I mean, truly, but yeah. it is important to us and it's important um, we did have a family, um, they were from a lower income area and we had found out, um, about their child in the school system and we gave them an award and the mother, um, you know, kind of through some broken English told us that in her life, she never thought her child would have something engraved with wow. his name. And I remember just thinking as I was doing monograms for my kids and all these things, I thought, wow, you know, it was very heavy that we'd given him a bravery medal for cancer. And that was the one thing he had that had his name engraved on it. And she was so grateful for that. So proud of it. And he was so proud of it. And it just, it means a lot. And so it's important to us. And you guys do a presentation at the gala. And this year, Angela, this is another thing that was on your heart. You had this calling again, like that is so crazy. You just had this feeling that you wanted Michael, my husband, I did. I to did. present it. And then randomly, Michael had been chatting with Michelle about something totally different. Yes. So like our worlds were all collided. Like Michael and Michelle, we haven't, I mean, they hadn't even ever met in real life. We hadn't seen your brother in like years. And all of a sudden, y'all right. have a, a business thing you're talking about. And then yes. Angela has this calling on her heart to have Michael come do this bravery award. And you didn't even realize that Michael had lost his brother to cancer. I did Talk to me about what the bravery award is at the event. And um, yeah, just uh, what it, how, what this moment is. Okay. So, you know, this year we are honoring um, with the bravery award to um, adolescents. One is in high school and one, um, a young man in high school who is a football player and a young lady who is actually from our community. She fought cancer while she was in high school and is now um, a student at the University of Texas. Um, both just valiant battles. You know, we've, we visited recently with them and there's there's not a time, I think it's very, it's unique this year because in years past, we have often honored a much younger child. And so, like I said before, at that point, you're really interacting with the family. But Michelle and I went Sunday, um, or with the parents, I should say, instead of the child themselves, because they're a little too young to give voice to their journey. But we were just with the young man on Sunday and sitting there listening to him tell us his story through his lens was so um, powerful and inspirational. And I think that 
you know, we wanted to connect with him. So he wasn't walking in saying, who is this organization? Who are these people that are there that, that have heard about me that want to honor me? But um, but I think that bravery award is even more special when it is when the energy and the conversation can be shared by the survivor themselves, both of these young people, I think will be at some point throughout the night, kind of um, taking the microphone to speak to their journey just for a second. And we've just sort of said, yeah, I mean, it's, it's important to hear it. um, It's heard differently through the person that has lived it. Mm -hmm. And when that can be a young person talking about their battle, um, that's really special. And then the brave life honor to a family um, who has lost their little boy, Jake Hickford is his name. And Jake was, um, is a very special child to our family, especially he and Charlie were buddies during their cancer journey. They had the very same cancer um, at diagnosis and um, Jake passed away a couple of years later and, um, you know, was, was definitely one of the hardest funerals and, and certainly is instrumental in, in sort of lighting the fire in us to keep doing what we're doing. Um, and it's an interesting, we, um, we don't tell them who's presenting their awards. So they don't, the audience doesn't know. Um, that's part of what I think is interesting about our gala. Um, we keep it a surprise. So nobody knows, um, we, you know, people like to have celebrities, um, you know, to hear from them, to see them. And we keep it a surprise. And um, the night is a bunch oh, sorry, of, sorry, I kind of blew the surprise. No, you're no, good. no, no, you're fine. No, 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 you're fine. But I mean, the most people that are there aren't going to, um, you know, we have different people for the bravery medals. Um, and, um, they, uh, we won't tell anybody going into it who those people are. And sometimes we have celebrity shout outs for these kids. And it's an interesting, um, you know, thing to, cause the audience just really gets into who might show up on that stage and hand this, you know, bravery medal to these children. And, um, it's, a, it, it's really fun. It's I mean, fun. it really, yeah. it really is interesting. So we went and met with the boy Sunday. He has no idea. We know who's going to be presenting, um, his medal to him, but he has no idea. And, and so he'll meet, he'll actually connect with that person before, um, the, you know, that night, yeah. just a few hours before, so they can see each other before they walk up on stage together. But the rest of the audience won't know until somebody walks out to present the award. And it, and it's, it's really interesting. And then like what Michael's doing is, um, you know, that's heavier. Um, it's a lot heavier when you're presenting something you know, to a family that has lost, um, someone in, and I think it's um, until you've walked that, uh, I think, you you know, you can't begin to understand it. So I think it's such a beautiful thing that, A, that Michael's willing to talk about that and what that looked like in his own life. And then he's willing to share that by, you know, you know, giving someone else, you know, a, an honor um, for their own child. And I think that's in so many ways beautiful and amazing. And no, we had no idea that Michael had, had lost a sibling to childhood. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. 
Choose from thousands of in-stock styles, ready for next day installation, and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Something else that we've talked about is, and we don't have to get into great detail because I could talk to y'all forever about everything about this because it is so incredible. But what happens to the other children? What happens to the family? What happens to the marriage? What happens to everyone who's not fighting cancer? What happens when you, like Michael, when you're laying in your bedroom and you hear the beeps of your brother's machine, you know, and wonder if he's gonna make it. And then he doesn't. And it's like, what happens to the family, you know? And it's like, living through that is so devastating. And um, I feel like Michael is very honored to do this. I know he is. And his brothers are actually gonna join him. And I think, to have a chance to get up on stage and honor their brother and then to honor another family. It's hard to talk about it sometimes. And I know that like, I'm not going to speak for Michael. He can speak for himself, but like, um, I know it has been something he hasn't really been able to talk about for a while. And now he's coming to a place where he is because it's just, I mean, it's your whole life, you know, it's thrown upside down and you lose one of the people that you love the most in yeah. your life. And what do you do when you're a kid and you don't know how to process yeah. this and your whole family then like yeah. it's changed and you know, all this, it's, it's, it's really hard for the, the people who aren't sick in the family. Absolutely. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And for the parents, I think juggle it all and hold, try to hold together. They're trying to process the loss themselves and, you know, or any of us really equipped to process that. I, I mean, that's a hard thing. And then you have, like, to your point, you have the other children and how do you get them help when you basically can't even put one foot in front of the other? I mean, it's, it's a really hard and just, just watching um, Charlie's sister, Caroline go through um, what she went through during Charlie's illness. It, it will have lasting, mm-hmm. you know, um, effect on her the rest of her life. Um, yeah. I, and yeah. And I think, um, you know, for us, we were able to see that early, early intervention, early conversation, um, early counseling. I mean, I'm a huge proponent of that. Whatever whatever your family needs to help talk about it, I think acting like it's not a big deal is probably the, the worst, worst thing to do. And I think that, you know, for whatever reason, we were able to pretty clearly see pretty early on after Charlie was, you know, newly in remission that, okay, by the grace of God, our marriage is staying together. Um, because it's totally understandable yes. that your marriage can't handle it. You know, you bet. Yes. you bet. Absolutely. Yeah, you bet. You know, I was told lots of stories very early on about precious couples who just, it takes a real toll and you have to have two people that are, you know, equally yoked enough to be able to pick up the slack when the other one can't and really be able to know and understand that. And I think that that doesn't happen without a lot of work and communication and, and a lot of imperfect communication, by the way, because there's a lot of, you know, you get to some of the good places by going through some of the bad places. So it's not like it's some perfect thing. Um, But yeah, just, you know, 
counseling and support and friends and just continuing to talk about it. And say how you feel. Yes. Say how you feel. And, like and sometimes like you, you like Caroline, your daughter, mm-hmm. she obviously loves Charlie more than anything in the world. But what if she feels jealous that she's not getting your attention right. as right. a child? And you, you, know? do. you do. Yeah, That's just sure. how life rolls when you've got more than one child in the home. Um, you know, I always said, I think, I think Caroline probably felt it the most in a very unique way because you had Mike and I who were going back and forth to the hospital. You had Charlie who was laying in a bed who for whatever, you know, he felt very loved and supported because there were all these people around him all the time. Yes, he was being asked physically to go through really hard stuff, but he always felt very loved. And then there was our, you know, precious Caroline who just was probably always feeling a little on the outside, but she was so wise. She knew exactly what was going on and was kind of like, you know, why don't y'all just tell me? Mm-hmm. And of course, as a parent, you're trying to, you're vacillating between trying to saying, protect. Yeah. How much can I protect you here? Cause that's really what I'd like to do. And how much sharing do I need to do? Um, and I for sure could have been better about that, you know, cause she was probably the kid who could have heard it a little more clearly. Um, how do you know what to do? There's no handbook. You don't. You don't, and I think she would. I think she would say now she realizes, you know, more that you don't. And it was it was definitely some hard years, but um, it's so great. She's actually now jumped on board, and in her college time, she's helping us with our social media at Turn It Gold, and and wants to get involved in philanthropy and her sorority. And it does warm my heart because she's got a real a real heart for service that um, that I suspect has born partly of her experience in this journey. And we you find know, our best self you know, in service to others. That's what we've learned along the way. We really do. And give, it, so gives, it gives youth perspective. We work with college students on that. Mm-hmm. You know, your, your world can seem really tough. And if you get a little perspective and you serve other people, um, I don't know, you tend to, to get outside yourself. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Which is important in our day and age, you know, and, and one other little story, little God story that I thought about as I was talking to you, um, and I, I think moms will resonate with um, Angela tell the story. She, she had Charlie, he was out of the hospital and he was, but they were being very cautious. He couldn't get sick. He couldn't have germs. You know, she had to run into um, Academy to get something really quick. And she was feeling, it was a hard time for her. She was feeling really down. She was like, you know, there were days that she's like, I need God to show up. Like, this is tough. It's really going, not going so well. And she was voicing that. She was talking about that and just wondering, does God love me through this? Like, this is hard. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget, she called to tell me the story. And I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, they were in academy. She had to run in and get something really fast, to which Charlie says, I have to go to the bathroom. And in her mind, all she can think about is, not right now. There's germs everywhere. You don't everywhere. Go I can't take you <laughs> to a public bathroom. There's no way. And you, mom, I got to go. I got to go. So she takes him into the restroom and she describes, you know, this restroom, it's kind of dirty. So she's trying to, as you can imagine, hold him up without touching it, without touching anything. So his hands are on her. She's trying to hold him up over the toilet. And he says, mom, 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 I've got to tell you something. And she's like, Charlie, you can tell me later. Come on. We got it. I mean, quit. Like, I'm trying to hold you up. Like, don't quit touching. Don't touch anything. Mom, mom, look at me. I have to tell you something. And as you can imagine, they're eye to eye at this point, right? Because mom's crouched down trying to hold up Charlie <laughs> in the toilet. I mean, this whole moment, Angela is like, come on, come on, please. Like, you know, please just don't touch Drop anything. Drop it like it's hot. Let's get out right? of here. Let's go. Let's go. And we weren't in the day and age of hand sanitizer like we have now. Yeah. I mean, so really... And he says, but mom, you have to listen to me. 
And she says, Charlie, what is it? And he says, look at my eyes to which he says to her, God loves you. He loves you so much, mom. And she's like, Charlie, what are you talking about? That's what you have to tell me right this second as they were eye to eye. Like it was almost this God thing. Like, I mean, here you are holding him up on the toilet. Like <laughs> you have to out. Yep. Right. Stressed out. Stressed out. And he, she says, why are you telling me this right now? And he said, because I keep hearing it in my head. I have to. Yes. And she was like, I almost dropped him. Like I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. you know, and she's like, it just like washed over her like this. Okay. That God is with you. God yeah. is with you. And, and in the moment of the Academy yucky toilet situation, but it was like, okay. I, and, and, and it was just this moment. She called me after that and she was like, and it was like a deep breath. And she was like, I just feel so much peace now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was amazing. It was a, yeah. Y'all both have a strong connection to God, but like children and their connection to God, yes. like yeah. hear audibly God speaking and like to feel it. And it's just like, we can't miss that. So, um, okay. I've got, to hear, I, I've got to hear the rest of the dream. <laughs> yes, yes. This is, this is a great segue. Um, so, okay, so fast forward. Obviously, Charlie's four and a half when I hear the dream story in April of 2012. He's diagnosed with stage four cancer. He has no idea this dream that, that has ever happened, this story has ever existed. He is out of the hospital. He is ready to go back to our preschool down the street. We had put him in sort of a bridge class to finish um you know, kind of a kindergarten program and he's still scanning every three months. So he's in and he's out, but they work with us and, you know, he's there as much as he can be. So he's out for scans. He comes back and they send home just this gigantic folder of five-year-old arts and crafts. And it's at the end of the year. And in this folder is a large um, piece of laminated construction paper. And so I'm opening and I'm asking him what we're doing and, you know, what this was and what that was. And we get to this piece of paper and I'm sort of awestruck because immediately I'm like, wait a minute, what is going on here? And I see on the top of the paper in rainbow letters, he's done this. It says, Charlie, the sailor. And I said, Charlie, tell me what, what this is, what, what, you know, what did you draw a picture of? And he said, well, I, that, you know, in his five and a half, six year old self, he's like, they ask us what we wanted to be when we grew up. And I said, I wanted to be a sailor. <laughs> and I said, well, you never talked about a sailor. You've talked about a construction worker and a police, you know, policeman and all these other things that he had said. And he said, yeah, I know, but I want to be a sailor. And I said, Okay. I said, and I mean, I knew like, it was like, I knew what he was going to say, but I just still was in complete disbelief. I said, tell me what this picture is. And he said, well, this is me on a boat in the ocean. ocean. And he says, and here are all the people that are watching me from the shore. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And he said, and I said, what's this? There was kind of a green flag at the top. And he said, that's me and everything's going to be all right now. Stop it. And I just was like, oh, I immediately called the teacher and said, I need to understand more about this assignment. Like I, I'm, I'm just so, and I said, oh, you know, can you recall that I told you the story about this dream? And she was, she was like, oh my gosh, I hadn't even really connected all that, but yes. And she said, you know, the funniest thing about this assignment is Charlie took more time. She said, this was one of those things. He was often quick to just 
dismiss his work and, you know, do half and turn it in. That was all okay with him. And she said he took an incredible amount of time on this. And every time I asked him if it was finished, he said, not quite yet. I'm trying to get it all on here. And so, you know, it does, it hangs on the wall in his room and it is the most beautiful sort of full circle testimony to, you know, it's been a very hard journey. His life was spared. And we believe that that, and, you know, we believe that our life was sort of baptized in this world of childhood cancer um, so that we could hopefully do some good with it. And so at the end of the day, so you, and that's what I wanted to say too, is this whole journey, like from the beginning of it with the the person you didn't really know telling you the dream, Charlie's going to, he's going to be on a boat. He's in this boat. He's going to fall in. It's going to seem like he's drowning. You're jumping in. It's going to be a really long, hard, scary, awful journey, but it's going to be okay to Charlie going through all this and book ending it with this picture of him saying everything's okay. And you having such a strong connection to God and having these callings on your heart. Do you, you do feel like this was y'all's purpose. Charlie was spared because you guys, and then y'all's friendship coming together, your support, your team, the way that you guys all were able to rally together and create this gala gala. And it's just like, do you feel that that was your purpose? Like this happened for you. You guys were spared because you had the the ability to make this happen in a big way to draw awareness, to raise money, to make this your mission in life. Yeah. I, I yes, I think so. I think we were given, you know, I hate to, I never want to oversimplify on part of my family, the struggles that they have had along the way as a result of this, because they are significant. Um, but I think that, I think that all of our family members and I think that, you know, Michelle's family and the families that have sort of come alongside us to to do this have all been moved to respond to a call to a real need. And we have been given um, the tools and the resources and the ability to do that. Um, one day answered the call. Yeah. Um, so, we hope so yeah, you know, we, we do. And, and things feel right. I mean, they just do. And, and we don't worry. It's kind of interesting. We, we find ourselves going, well, I don't know, maybe that won't work out, but you know what we always know is God weaves this amazing story together and, um, it's not us. And so we just kind of are at peace all the time that it's it, like, we're, we're pushing and pushing. We're like, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. And if that door gets closed, we kind of have a lot of peace in that. It's interesting. I wish I could do this more in my personal life, <laughs> right? Because we kind of just go, huh, well, I guess that's not God's plan. Okay. We'll kind of go this way. I mean, we, we work hard. We, we try to make things happen, but there are doors that get closed Absolutely. And, and we just go, oh, okay. That, well, wasn't, for that us. wasn't for us. Something yeah. else will work out. And it always yeah. does. It's this, I mean, there are many times that we are standing in tears with goosebumps. We could talk for days about the stories and we're just like, okay, you know, what, you know, God, you've got a plan here and we're just doing our best to, to be your hands and feet here. Um, to yeah. make things it's happen. always, everything that we've done has always felt very much in his will. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it's in his will for your life, it works better than when it's not, mm-hmm. you don't find yourself yes. you know, bumping up against a wall that's closed all the time. If you're walking down a path that he's called you on to begin with, he's sort of just, you know, again, not easy but definitely possible to just kind of do that one day at a time thing. So 
amazing, yeah. <laughs> amazing, like absolutely incredible what you guys as friends have done. The support you guys have for each other is amazing. Angela, the strength that you have as a mother to carry this load and to make it gold, to turn it gold is unbelievable. Oh my gosh. I want everyone to check out Turn It Gold. I want everyone, if, if you feel called, do not ignore the calling, donate. Where can we, where can people find you and how can they donate? Yeah. So turnitgold.org is the very best place to find us. Um, and if you are in Texas or feel moved to come to the gala, you can just get right on there and get tickets or buy a table. Those things are selling quickly, but not sure. quite done yet. We're and on so, social media, turn yep. it all Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Um, and if you know anybody that wants to, you know, support by a celebrity shout out, um, anything like that, that's always great for these kids as well. It's not for us. It, we don't do it for our organization at all. It is really just for the children. To see the joy uh, in the children's face. So perfect. people, so yeah. someone who doesn't know how to get in touch with you, in touch with you, if they want to like send you a message on Instagram and say, I have a celebrity mm -hmm. connection. I have something I want to donate to the, um, silent auction or something. Sure, you bet. It's just at turn it gold. Yes. Yes. I always wrap up with leave your light and you guys are walking in the light. You are incredible examples of how to go straight in, bring light into the darkness and keep it shining. And I come out on the other side. It's incredible to hear your story. So what it's very open-ended. What do you want people to know? Mm. That joy is possible always, even in the hardest times. Um, friends are important. Um, counseling and talking about things. <laughs> it's important to talk, talk through things. And, and I think just the, the one day at a time, it's, um, you know, the, the six word memoir from mm -hmm. Caroline that it's okay to not be okay, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's okay. Um, but I think to, to really search for the gratitude mm. And enjoy. I have my my mom going through her own cancer battle right now, and um, you know, you do you have to you have to look for the gratitude, even if um, it's just green jello. Absolutely, yep. even if it's absolutely, just green and, it, and it and the the way that can change your mindset changes your life, and um, it's it's important. So, and and of course, we would say you know, put your um, for sure, put your faith in God because um, that. I mean, I don't know. I, I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't do it without, um, without it. So, um, yeah. yeah. Any last I'm grateful to you. Thank I'm you. I'm grateful to yeah. you. I mean, I'm nothing on this. I'm thankful that I get the opportunity to talk with you guys and share this story. And I mm -hmm. am, I'm just so in awe of what you guys have accomplished. I'm so in awe of the walk that you're walking. I am always an emotional wreck, so I wouldn't, I don't know how you have this kind of strength and it is so inspiring. And I'm just so grateful that you guys have, have this ability to hear God and do this, do such an incredible thing with such a tragic circumstance and change the world for so many children and change the outcome for so many children. And it's really, really, really incredible. And we are so excited to come to the gala, Ayla. So happy we to can't have wait. You. We're so honored. We're so honored and we're so grateful for you to help us use your voice to um And to I'm get so around. I'm so excited that Michael and his brothers get to have this yeah, that's so awesome. special moment too. It's really so amazing. Special. 
So thank y'all so much. And thank, thank you. you for all that you do. This was incredible. And so much love to y'all. Can't wait to see you guys. You too. too. See you too. You too. Thank see you. See you. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.